Welcome back to the Sex Wrap, everybody. You're here with Spring and Andrew, and we are so excited to answer all your questions. We are here to talk about sex. We are here to talk about relationships. We are here to talk about everything in between sex and relationships, and that is more than you think it is. (laughs) How are you doing today? I'm having a really, a really good day. It's beautiful. It's summer. It's lovely. Um, No, and I feel really good about myself and uh, how everything in my life is going. The the world around me, as long as I ignore it, I'm having a great day. If I pay attention to the broader world, I'm having a not so great day. But between you and I, excellent. (laughs) It's so hard, isn't it? It's so hard. I had my birthday events this past weekend and I got to see so many of my friends, which was so beautiful. And yeah, I feel like I had to like kind of turn off part of my brain a little bit to um, to be able to really enjoy it, which is really hard. It's hard to be in our world right now. That's what she said. <laughs> Not making light of it. Um, next week, everybody, we're going to be talking about a lot of the various major changes that are happening in the United States. Um, so if you're one of our international listeners, next week, you'll be able to get a little insight on what's happening here. Um, but this week, uh, we are not. We're still giving everybody, you know, a couple days to think about it and relax and maybe recenter before we get into those big topics. Today, we have a not very big topic, but an important question. Um, and when it came in, I was like, oh, oh, I've dealt with this question for years and years and years. And I have an easy answer for it, but we're not going to get to that until the end. So what are we talking about today, Spring? Our question today comes from a listener, and they want to know, what is a Oh, do we want to do a little warning first? <laughs> All right. So this is a little trigger warning. Um, this is uh, today we're going to be talking about a word um, that's part of a phrase that some people find appen- offensive, that some people use as pejorative, that some people use to put other people down. Um, Spring and I are both queer and we've both reclaimed this word. Um, I don't use it in parlance. I don't use it frequently. But when it's used, I'm like, oh, thank you. That That's part of who I am. Um, how do you feel about the word spring before we reveal what it is? Um, I don't like the word, um, but I don't hear it really hardly ever. Um, I think I hear it in movies or TV shows sometimes, um, but not even recent ones. I feel like it, I feel like my opinion of this word is that it's kind of faded out of our lexicon a bit, but um, I'm not sure. I used to hear it all the time walking around, I mean, but I live in a city where the majority of people don't speak English. So, or they, they speak English, but their primary language is Spanish. I do hear the Spanish equivalent of it very frequently, um, but that's not what today is about. I, listeners, you all know what word we're talking about, right? So this is your warning. Um, we're going to be saying the F word, um, not the four letter version, but the three letter version of <laughs> But we're saying it from a place of answering a serious question that somebody submitted. So the question is, what is a fag hag? Right. So fag is the word in question. We're going to talk about that a little bit later. Um, But what is a fag hag? Uh, All right. So um, what is it? So a fag hag is traditionally a woman who hangs out mostly with or has really close relationships or is seen in gay men's spaces. That's pretty much it. Like, just really close. 
And sometimes it could even be like a woman who just her best friend is a gay man and she might be referred to as a fag hag. So it could be she has multiple gay friends. It could be she has one really close gay friend, but she's seen in proximity to gay men fairly often. And then that would be a term that is used for her. Uh, fag hag. Fag hag. Um, and it's been around for a long time. Um, Spring and I were talking during the planning for this episode. And Spring's like, I don't hear anyone say this anymore. Um, I still hear it sometimes. I still say it pop up. Um, but I think it's because people don't use the F word as frequently anymore. I think like Spring said, it's like it's sort of faded away. People don't use it as much. But it does come up um, sometimes. Uh, so when we talk about like, what is it, right? It's a, a woman, typically a heterosexual woman who is seen with or sort of allied with uh, gay men. Um, and they have a special relationship. Uh, and the, the term is one, it is both a term of endearment that shows that there's some kind of bond or affection, but it's also a negative term. Both of those like Calling someone a hag is not nice. And calling someone a fag is not nice. Um, it's almost like someone at some point tried to do that mathematical thing where you take two negatives and it makes a positive. Unfortunately, that's not the way language works. You can take like 10 negative words together, string them together, and you end up with something more negative or funny. Um, but yeah. Let's talk about what hag is. I mean, a hag <laughs> is like um, a term they might be used like a slang for a witch or for an old, ugly woman. Um, that's like, that's what the dictionary says. A witch, especially in the form of an ugly old woman. Yeah, like, <laughs> um, so yeah, that's not a nice word either. Like hags are like the warty old yucky women who no man would ever want to be with. Like when we really start digging in, there's a lot that goes on. But before we get there, I do want to talk about reclamation of words. Right. And we've talked about this lightly on our show a couple other times. Um, and by reclamation of words, there's a lot of words out there that are used to hurt people, especially minorities, gender and sexual minorities, racial minorities and women. Um, and you know what these words are. Um, they're big, powerful words. Like they're the kind of words where if someone says it in a civilized room, all conversation stops and everyone just sort of stares for a moment. Um, but they're words that are used traditionally through history to really hurt minority people. And fag is one of those words that have been used uh, to hurt people for a very long time. And when we talk about reclaiming a word, the only people that can reclaim a word are the people that it was used against, right? So um, if, for example, we're talking about the word fag, then gay men are the ones that can reclaim it, right? We can't have um, straight women saying, oh, I've reclaimed that word. That doesn't really work. So it has to be the group that the word has been used against can reclaim it. They can start to say, like, actually, this word doesn't have power over me anymore. And um, as a collective, that can happen. And we see it all the time. Like, I, I'm a gay man. I hang out with groups of gay men. And some gay men have reclaimed the word so much that they use it all of the time. Like, hey, hey, how's it going, fag? Hey, fags. Um, I don't use it that way. Like, I've reclaimed the word. It doesn't harm or hurt me. But I know that there are people out there who still, A, use this word to hurt people, and B, who have been really harmed by it. So I don't use it. Even though I've reclaimed it, like, you know, I was coming out of the stairs of a nightclub when I was in college, and I got to the top, and it was a gay nightclub, and someone said, hey, you faggot to me. And I was like, oh, 
thank you. I am one. Um, like that's my mindset, but I don't use the word. I don't call people that word. I don't call women fag hags. Um, but I do think it's important for us to have this conversation about reclamation um, because it, I mean, it's empowered me. The word has no negative impact on me when it's used. Even when someone tries to hurt me with the word, I take it as a compliment, as a badge of honor. Like, yeah, I am one of those and I've overcome your hate and you can't hurt me with that. But it's important whenever these big, powerful, harmful words come out to know that many people are not on their journey to a point where they're okay with it. And we actually talked quite a bit about this idea also in one of our episodes about being queer, because queer is another word that, um, that this process kind of has happened to, right? Queer was a word that was used against people and it was a very mean word. And now it has really been reclaimed. And now it's a very common word to, for people that are LGBTQ plus, plus, plus any of these other, um, ways they want to identify as just using that as an umbrella term saying that they are queer. And we talk about that a lot in episode 154. So if you want to um, dig in a little bit more to um, to how words can change, that's another great episode to listen to. But if you are somebody who's been a victim of these words, someone calling you those words, working on reclaiming it is a great way to take that power back, to take some of that anxiety and fear back. It's about neutralizing other people's harmful speech by realizing that you know, they're trying to hurt you with it. If you have control over that word, all of a sudden that harm doesn't exist anymore. But in the terms of fag hag, it's reclaiming the, the word at the cost of women. Um, and that's why I think sometimes this term is problematic. But we need to take a short break. When we get back, we'll keep talking about what a fag hag is and what it means. Welcome back to the show today, everybody. Today, we're answering the question, what is a fag hag spring? Are you a fag hag? Okay. <laughs> um, I hate this word, uh, this phrase, you know, um, the, I think that, I think that Andrew, if I'm really reflecting here, I feel like you might have called me a fag hag like affectionately back when we were friends at Penn State. Yeah. Um, I already had my ah. other term ready. I would have called you. I, I, I use a different term and I've had it since I think I was like 19 or 20. So it wasn't me. I... I, I mean, I've definitely heard this term in reference to me before. And I don't think I don't think it was ever used angrily or rudely toward me, but but definitely used. And I have always felt like, don't call me that. Um, because the 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 hag part of it really hits really hard. Like it does feel um like you're discriminating on, you know, all all of the ways that women are supposed to be seen in our world, which is like young and beautiful. <laughs> that's the only acceptable way for us to be. So it feels really um, hurtful. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I think part of the term is that uh, is kind of saying like, you know, women who hang out with gay men are undesirable in other spaces or too ugly to be hanging out with straight men or something is wrong with them. Um, and that, I mean, that's part of the reason I don't use the term and I've never used the term for straight women in my life. Um, but I mean, I think we can dig a little bit more into where it, where it comes from, right? So I don't call people that. I would never call Spring that. Um, she's also queer, so it doesn't quite fit the label. Like, can a queer woman be a fag hag? Probably. 
Uh, I don't know. Um, but I think it's really important to talk about where this comes from, right? And it comes from uh, looking at the relationships that people have in their lives. Um, and if we look overall, you know, like between lesbians and straight men and straight women and gay men and gay women and straight women. If we just look at the, like the, all of the various kinds of relationships that exist um, and mixes of sexualities and genders and sexes um, there, there, there is one area that has special privilege overall between all of the different kinds of mixes of relationships. And it is heterosexual women and gay men form special bonds um, that have more trust and more security and less offense between them um, than any of the other categories. And there's some research that backs this up as well, um, that gay men and straight women form these special relationships. And we should talk a little bit about like what that looks like and why. Um, so, I mean, and I think like that's the positive way of us like digging into where the term comes from. Yeah. And I mean, I think that a lot of people will kind of, very intuitively say, oh, yes, I understand that. And um, gay men and heterosexual women, or I would say even bisexual or, you know, mm. um, any any woman that dates men, right? right. Um, any woman that is dating men um, can have this kind of very strong, strong relationship because they're all dating men. So it the... The dating men is one of these like common things that they're all doing that they can kind of bond over and can, um, have conversations about and really get into the, the weeds about what trauma they're going through <laughs> by dating men. And, and it like, not only the trauma, right? But, <laughs> uh, great wing people, like wing women, wing men to sort of help in those. The, there's no competition. Right. So they want the same sort of body type very frequently. They, they want men. But in the wanting of men, there's n there's no real competition. Most of the other sort of relationships, like if there's a whole bunch of straight men hanging out and they're talking about women, there's probably some competition, right? Some vying for who's on top or who might get the date or who might get the ask or what's going on between heterosexual women and gay men. There's really no real no competition. And in that lack of competition, there's a lot more camaraderie, camaraderie and a lot more fun. And I like that Spring talked about the trauma. Like, I, Spring and I were talking before our show, like, I can't imagine dating straight men. And then Spring and I can have a conversation about what that looks like, um, since we both are interested in men. Uh, but some of the issues that may arise or some of the benefits. Um, but it's that special relationship. Um, it's, it's also a point of safety, right? Uh, so there's a lot of research about women and safety in society. Um, if all men were forced to be inside by 5 p.m., what would women do? Um, they would go for a walk. Like, what? That, that, that's You'd go for a walk or a run at night by yourself if all the men were locked up for one day. Um, there's a lot of issues in our society with women and safety. We're going to talk about some of those next week as well. Um, but when women hang out with gay men, they typically feel very safe, very secure. They don't feel like they're going to be sexually threatened. They feel like they can be more of themselves. They feel like they can drink more. If they do drugs, they feel like they can do drugs and be safe. Um, so there's this bond where people will take care of themselves. And then there's 
a, a sense of security inside of that relationship as well. So that, I mean, like that's the really positive side um, of this term, right? How did it get this horrible name from this really beautiful relationship <laughs> that people can share? I kind of want to talk about the um, inverse of this, which is, so people might be wondering, okay, so how come straight men aren't always friends with lesbians then? And how come if they're all dating women, you know, what is, where's the um, inverse of this relationship? And um, I think one of, one of the things that I'm kind of thinking about here, um, I don't want to get into too many stereotypes, but I think that one thing that could be impacting this is this idea of competition. Um, that's really interesting because Andrew was talking about how, um, you know, when, Gay men and straight women are um, hanging out together. There's not competition between them. And one of the reasons there's not competition is because men are more likely to be um, at either end of the Kinsey scale, right? They're more likely to be very heterosexual or very homosexual. They're going to be like <laughs> less likely to be bisexual or to date more than one gender. And women are more likely to fall somewhere in the middle of that scale, to fall somewhere on that range. And so that means that women are more likely to date people of multiple genders. And so then that actually means that straight men and lesbian women could actually be in competition with each other fairly more often for a romantic interest, for example. So if there is a woman at the bar, then a lesbian and a straight man could both be hitting on that same person and could actually be in competition with each other, right? So I think that's a really interesting way to think about it. And um, it helps, I think, kind of clarify why that relationship might not be as um, common or as strong as the other. And I think that's also like if we look societally, there's all of these stereotypes um, and memes about men sexualizing lesbians as well. Like just if you hop on to any of the porn streaming services available in your country, like the top hit typically for heterosexual men is lesbian porn. Um, so between gay men and heterosexual women, there's not a lot of sexual tension between lesbians and uh, heterosexual men. There's much more likely to be that kind of sexualization, which you know, people are typically not looking for in their platonic relationships. So I also want to dig into my, like the reason why I don't use this term, the problem with this term, um, y'all know what it is, sort of where it comes from, why it exists. Um, but I think the term is really misogynistic. Um, and I, there is a lot of misogyny that we see in queer communities and gay men communities as well. And I think this term probably stems from some of that as well. And by misogyny, I mean um, a lot of negative feelings towards women and women's bodies. Um, and this is a term that kind of says like, ooh, you're sort of gross. Uh, I like you. I want to be around you. But I find your body old and disgusting. Um, and, and I mean, that's that's the misogyny that's built into the term. And I, I mean... I also want to think a little bit about, you know, where did this term come from? Like who actually invented this term? Um, and so it's kind of like, you know, who, who has been the group that really like grabbed onto this term and really liked it? Like has, 
has it really like struck a chord with gay men or has it been like society at large who has really um, glommed onto that term? I mean, it, it has to be like, I know some women who call themselves fag hags and they love that term and they have owned it and they've reclaimed it and they like it. Um, but it, it, it's, it's gay men. And, and like, we see that same misogyny in other places. Um, you'll hear gay men talk about gold star gays, which means they've never had sex with a woman. Um, they've never touched a vagina. Oh, if you've never touched a vagina, you're a platinum star gay. Um, and all of these are other kinds of misogyny. Like I, women are so yucky that if I've never had sex with one, I get a gold star. Or if I was cesarean, right? If I didn't even come out of a vagina, like women are so gross and their vaginas are so yucky that I am a platinum star gay. Like whenever you hear someone say fag hag or gold star, or platinum star gay, to me, these are all terms that show that someone has some misogyny or they're enacting some misogyny or they're just not being very reflective. I don't think people often say gold star gay or fag hag because they're actively thinking about not liking women or vaginas or those body parts. But sometimes it's those biases that get built in or baked into us during our coming out processes where we'll say these kind of terms. Um, but that's where that misogyny comes from. So if you are gay or if you know a gay person, you hear these terms, it might be worth a conversation about where is this term coming from? Like, sure, you think it's cutesy, right? But in that cutesiness, who are we actually hurting or what does that term actually mean? So I don't say fag hag or gold star or platinum star gay. And if someone says any of those words, I typically have some words for them as well. So, yeah. And, um, you know, we can also think of the inverse of what Andrew was just talking about and find beauty in that too, right? Like, so the implication kind of is that the gay man doesn't care about the straight woman's youth or beauty, right? But that's also really beautiful, right? That he is more interested in who you are as a person. And so there is actually, I think, some love baked into that, right? Oh, if yeah. We, oh, yeah. If we can see that, if we, if we can focus on that. I mean, right. So I don't think any of those terms are meant to be spiteful or hateful, but I think that some of the underlying thought processes or lack of thought processes can be kind of hurtful and hateful as well. Um, so... What do we do? What should we call someone instead? Should we use this term? Um, so I'll tell everyone what I do, right? So I, a long time ago, was hanging out with my friends Carly and Elisa. Carly listens to the show. I don't know if Elisa does. Um, and they dubbed themselves my homo honeys. Uh, and this was during my undergrad. So it was a long, long, long time ago. And I'm like, you know what? That is way better than any of the alternatives because I don't want to say that word and I don't want to call woman that women that word. Um, so I've collected homo honeys ever since because they're women who I love, uh, who are my honeys, who hang out with me as a gay man. So Spring, I might have called you a homo honey a long, long time ago. <laughs> I've never called anybody a fag hag though. Um, but homo well, honey, that, that, like, that's what I should call, that's what I recommend calling people instead because both of those words are about love and humanity because homo just means human and honey means sweetheart. Um, but I mean, that's just first step. I don't know. What do you think, Spring? There I found a list of some other terms, um, and I think that um, 
most of them are pretty terrible. Um, although there's a couple other sweet ones. Um, but I would say like there are a lot of other terms that are um, also pretty hurtful in one way or the other to either gay men or to the woman that they're referring to. But um, there are a couple other cute ones like queen bee, queen deer, fairy godmother, queen magnet. I, th I think most of those are a little um, cutesier. Um, I don't know. How do you feel about some of those? There's a lot of fairy ones, a lot of which, I don't know. How would you feel about like a uh, fairy princess as a term for that? I mean, fairy is another one of those reclaimed words, right? Like it, people used to call people fairies as a negative, And now people, I mean, for me, it's a pretty positive word. I love fairy godmother. Um I was at Disney World and I was dressed in a full suit in Magic Kingdom uh, and uh, there was a parade that went by and one of them had the godmother from or the fairy godmother from Cinderella on top of the float and she pointed me out and she like stopped and stared and giggled and ran over and gave hugs. So I have a really firm, positive uh, feeling about godmother. I was going to a fancy restaurant. That's why I had a suit. Don't wear a suit to Disney World is a very bad choice overall, but I look <laughs> awesome. Um, yeah, it's just. For me, at the end of the day, if I love somebody or if there's someone close to me or if I have a friend in my life, I want to make sure that all of the words that I have surrounding them, unless we're doing like a roast on purpose, are words that affirm and support both them and our relationship. I don't want anyone to feel bad. And I don't want anyone outside of the relationship that I share with people to be able to weaponize the language that I use to describe that relationship. So make sure that it's positive, make sure that it supports you and make sure that everybody on the outside can see that like you have a loving, affirming relationship between you. It's pretty much where I stand. I like, I like the positive ones. Yeah. Um, I also found that I really liked the um, term that they use in French, which is um, sorette, which means little sisters. I thought that one was um, very cutesy and, but my recommendation, um, you know, a term I like, ally. <laughs> mm. yeah, I mean, I think that that's what we're really talking about here is somebody that is supportive of who you are, no matter what your sexual orientation or gender identity. And, um, and that word is really powerful to me. The word ally to me is one of those words that means a lot and I'm very supportive of. So I think that that word, you know, captures the importance of this relationship. And that's kind of where I would drive people toward. I like it. Ally, bestie, friend. <laughs> Lots of better words than yes, fag yeah. hag. So um, at the end of our episode, Spring and I are both going to say, probably not going to use this word. Neither of us like the term to describe a relationship. But if you're going to use it and if you're happy using it, make sure you have a conversation with the other person because I'm pretty sure most women aren't going to like it very much either. Yeah. All right. I I have one other thing I want to bring up that... Um, to surprise Andrew with, I found this um, study that I wanted to tell you about. So um, there is a study that was looking about the relationship between women's body esteem and their friendships with gay men that I mm. thought was really cool. And in that study, it was a pretty small study, just 150 straight women were in the study. Um, but they found that, um, women's body esteem, how they're feeling about their body and specifically their feelings of sexual attractiveness is positively associated. So it's higher when they have friendships with gay men. Oh, 
Amen. All right, that's it. Every no, just kidding. Um, <laughs> I mean, but that that sort of makes sense as well. Uh, gay men have done a lot of work. Sexual revolutions are about like owning your sexuality and being sex positive, um, and hanging out with people who are that way are or people who are going to support you or compliment you. Um, really would do wonders. So women, if you're feeling bad about your bodies, if you're having a lot of sex negativity, just go make some gay friends. Don't let them call you fag hag. <laughs> All right. Yeah, you can actually increase your sexiness, how you're feeling in your body. Amazing. That's an awesome study. Make sure you put that one in the show notes because I haven't read it. <laughs> All right. Well, if you have any questions about this episode, listeners, or anything else about relationships, about sexual health, about really anything at all, we'd love to hear from you. Um, you can call us and leave a message at 413-I-RAP-IT. You can send us an email. We're the sexrap at gmail.com. That's rap with a W. And you should definitely check out our social media. We're on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The Sex Rap. Send us a DM. We'd love to hear from you. Have a good one. Talk to you soon. Bye.